The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. If you're weighing up whether or not to invest in a flash new barbecue for the garden, do there no longer. According to the Met Office, Britain is set to experience a three-month heatwave. I can almost feel my thighs chafing at the prospect. What will we all wear? You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us. I'm Charlie Gowans-Eglinton, and with me in the studio are Bethan Holt and Olivia Buxton-Smith. Later on, Emily Cronin will be joining us to discuss the secrets of great summer style. But before we get to that, the World Cup starts on Thursday, not something we usually cover on Fashion Unzipped, but we're casting back to 2006. Picture the scene. Nelly Furtado is number one, Borat is playing in cinemas, and best pals Victoria Beckham, Cheryl Tweedy, Colleen McLaughlin and Abby Clancy have just arrived in Baden-Baden for the World Cup. Bethan, you've written a piece on the lasting fashion impact of the WAG. Forgive me for asking, is there a lasting fashion impact? Do you know what? When you... When you look back, that um, I think it was about a three-week period that the Wags landed in in Germany to um, support their their footballer boyfriends and husbands. By support, I mean go shopping mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and have lots of manicures. There's an anecdote about um, Victoria Beckham leaving for um, one of the England games and and shouting behind the nanny, "Make sure you've booked me that manicure." Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think it was sort of a moment when high fashion, and I mean by high fashion, I mean, you know, Birkin bags, I mean Dior logo sunglasses, Chloe dresses, were at the very forefront of the world's attention. They were on the front pages of all the newspapers. Everyone was talking about these wags and who they were. And I think it really kind of took fashion into a mainstream space that I wouldn't like to say it hadn't really been in before, but, you know, it, it felt like a, a real milestone in, in that journey for fashion, um, you know, in the same way now that you might see Kim Kardashian wearing a Givenchy dress or that you see Beyonce wearing wearing Gucci, you know, just being right there at the forefront of the, of the zeitgeist. So, yeah, I'm I'm sticking by my argument that, that the WAGs changed fashion, even if they didn't change the way we dress, you know, because those are two different things. Olivia, were you a fan of WAG style? I... 2000... <laughs> <laughs> Olivia was probably about four in 2006. Um, so I was kind of aware of it going on, but um, I wasn't... It doesn't kind of stick in my mind hugely, but I think with hindsight, I've looked at it a lot. I've, you know, I've done pieces on it and I've thought about it. Um, and I think it's going to be very different this time round um, than it was in 2006. And I think like that's also due to the wives and girlfriends just being, you know, much more low key. And they're not these celebrities that we all look at. And well, I mean, they often have sort of 50,000 followers on Instagram, but that's you know, slightly different. We're not all obsessed with what they're wearing. And I think one of them, I think it's Raheem Sterling's partner came out and said, um, you know, she loves Primark. She can't wait to shop at Primark when she's, you know, wherever. And just because she wears Gucci on her feet doesn't mean that everything has to be Gucci and like she wants to wear that. So I think it's different this time. And I think that we can expect a kind of like low high mix rather than everything Louboutin. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But no, I don't really remember the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually um, 
a brilliant uh, piece that I found, which was from the year before the, the World Cup, written for The Telegraph by Alexandra Shulman, in which she was defending her decision to put Colleen in vogue. You know, mm. shock horror. Um, and she said, for many publications, an interview and photo shoot with an unemployed 18-year-old with an outrageous shopping habit might not seem to be that riveting, but I felt it had relevance for us. Girls such as Colleen, and it has to be said that there aren't many who have quite the credit card flexibility she appears to possess, are a relatively recent fashion phenomenon. 20 years ago, they simply didn't exist. But more awareness of fashion and increasing interest in designer brands and the massive growth of the must-have item have changed the shopping landscape. You know, and I think that really kind of crystallises what the WAGs embodied and, and what they meant. While we're taking this trip down memory lane, did anyone watch The Simple Life on TV? This that I did watch. <laughs> the show centred around Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie getting a glimpse of life as a non-millionaire and making high-pitched trilling sounds on a tour bus. Uh, and it seems Paris is making a comeback too. She's collaborated with Boohoo.com, the unofficial costumer of Love Island. Campaign images see Paris on crystal chokers, a silver lame mini dress, leopard print and some Nikki Beach-esque swimwear bearing the slogan, That's hot. Thoughts, everyone? Um, I'm not going to wear it. Okay. What? <laughs> but I think maybe this isn't the right thing to say, but I think for fancy dress, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that chainmail dress that they've done a copy of, which is the one that Paris Hilton wore to her own 21st and actually the one that Kendall Jenner then copied for her own 21st, which I think was only last year. Um, and she actually copied it not knowing that it was Paris Hilton in the picture that she found on Pinterest or whatever. So it's obviously a dress that has staying power. But I think for fancy dress or for kind of an event, it could be quite fun. But I don't think I'm going to be wearing a swimsuit that says that's hot anytime soon. But lots of people will, definitely. What about kind of naughty style in general? Because, you know, All Saints are back. Is this a movement towards, you know, we've done 90s many a time. This is um, the new nostalgia. Mm. Yeah. Are we um, far enough away from it? I, I kind of think if you wore it the first time around, it's a bit scary the second time soon. around. <laughs> I, I think this might be the first... For me, this might be the first time that it's like wearing it the second time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I definitely had a velour tracksuit. Did yeah. you, Beth? And yes, what colour? It, it was pink. Of it course. Was, it wasn't from GC Couture. No. It was probably from Tammy Girl or something. Hang on, how old was I in 2006? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, I was you like 18. 18. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't have, um, I wasn't 18 when I had my velour tracksuit, I hasten to add. Did you have any Timberland boots to wear it with? No. I wanted them so much and I never had any. I did have a fake juicy tracksuit though, which is navy. In researching this uh, script while I was writing it, um, also number one in 2006, Chico. Oh, yes, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. doesn't feel that long ago. How time flies. (laughs) (laughs) But Paris does feel like she's had a bit of a... a comeback because um, they were all, I remember us all going crazy over her engagement photos and I mean her wedding I mean that's got to be coming up soon and that's going to be quite something so I think we all have a special place in our hearts Definitely. for naughty style but also do you know what this collaboration feels quite natural which I'm sure is the idea but whereas Nicole Richie sort of become incredibly chic since 2006 and wears like you know these amazing slip dresses and sort of flare jeans and clogs um Paris, 
she hasn't changed that much, which I quite like, even though she's sort of 35, 36, she kind of still wears like pink mini dresses and I kind of appreciate that. And now from one Californian girl to another and the news that Meghan Markle apparently takes style advice from husband Prince Harry. According to a source in the Daily Mail, Meghan is always asking Harry's opinion. He gives his views on what he thinks looks best rather than helping her follow royal protocol on hemlines or anything like that. The joke is that Harry is Meghan's surprise stylist. Is anyone buying this? Oh, I don't know, but he's very brave if he is. I'm just That's all I'll say because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but... I always ask my boyfriend's opinion, but I know what I want him to answer before I've even asked the question. So actually, I kind of want him to be a mind reader rather than a style advice giver. And when he doesn't say what I want, it just always ends in tears. So I think, I mean, if it is true, it's very brave. (laughs) I can totally see it with those two, though, you know, because, I mean, when you look back at at that, that interview that they did when they got engaged and, you know, she's clutching his arm and looking lovingly into his eyes and she really seems like she's sort of trying to kind of you know really make him feel good about himself and so I can just imagine her you know making him feel really um really valued in that process and and everything and I guess as well because Megan's been doing a few maybe very slightly daring things um you know such as when she showed her shoulders at Truth in the Colour the other day caused a few raised eyebrows you know maybe she sort of feels like she needs Harry's nod of approval for that I wonder if she asked his opinion before the wedding because she had you know her own very distinct personal style Uh, we saw her wearing you know that black Alexander McQueen trouser suit and really slick quite brave choices really for Mm. a kind of soon-to-be duchess Um, but since the wedding I mean her first appearance as a duchess uh, and she wore that goat dress and she wore nude tights um you know it was all very kind of what you would imagine a duchess would wear rather than anything you would think Meghan would pick out I wonder if Prince Harry Mm. was behind that one I don't know I I'm not sure much as (laughs) much as Harry is a, a sweet guy I'm not sure he's um if you look back at his past um sartorial evolution I'm not sure that he's a really a fashion connoisseur exactly no, so maybe he is to blame for the tights. Well, mate, yeah. Maybe it's like, uh, babe, I think oh, I, I think you need to put tights on for this one. It's an uncanny impression of Prince <laughs> I imagine uh, the same doesn't happen with William and Kate, though. I think she's got this down, surely. Yeah, I think so. Or there's some, or there's some sort of higher courtier that's um, casting their eye over it all. Again, I just. Not sure really. I do you know what? I could actually imagine Charles having a little say in it because he quite likes style. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's he's quite mm-hmm. partial to a Savile Row suit, and he's got some quite nice shirts and ties. So I can imagine him perhaps. Um, but would you take style advice from your father-in-law? I feel no. like it's the last person. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I'd probably want to rebel. Exactly. I always remember when I had a boyfriend once who. Um, whose dad hated women with short hair and it just made me want to cut your hair cut off. my hair yeah <laughs> is that why your hair is now short yeah well it was actually quite short at the time so I, it felt like a pointed comment <laughs> <laughs> it seems that Meghan has a competition for royal wedding dress of the year fans at Beyonce and Jay-Z's on the run two tour were treated to video footage of the couple's vow renewal and Beyonce's $10,000 Galia Lahav wedding dress apparently was inspired by Queen Victoria 
surprise um, inspiration, no? Yeah. I mean, mm. Megan looked to, uh, you know, Carolyn Kennedy, quite a modern style muse. Queen Victoria. Okay, punchy. Yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. And obviously, um, you when you hear Queen Victoria, you do sort of think, um, well, maybe not very stylish but she was apparently very influential and in, in her <laughs> unofficial royal fashion correspondent Bethan Holt the whole reason that we wear white wedding dresses is because of um, Victoria before that we used to wear colourful ones and now and she brought in the idea of a white wedding dress and um, that, so that's why that's why we're all virginal brides then perhaps it's not so random no yeah, like Beyonce would definitely know that yeah from one queen to another go to the top it's surprising, though. A lot of the outfits that she kind of wears on tour or in her videos are, are like, super daring and super modern. She's mm. always wearing, you know, a lot of Gucci or crystals or... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the at the pictures of the collection, which the dress was from now. It's a bit sort of a Halloween-y, sexy Victorian <laughs> vibe. <laughs> you know, it's like got the sort of the corsetry and the big sleeves, but then it's it's sheer and you can see the, the model's um, knickers and it's sort of backless. <laughs> so, Poor Queen Victoria. I think Victoria, <laughs> Queen Victoria might sort of need the smelling salts if she's, she actually saw that dress. Um, I think we discussed this, but I, I love how surprising Beyonce is, you know, and I, I love how she keeps us on our toes. And, you know, you're with Beyonce, you're never going to be like, oh, yeah, same old designer doing her wardrobe, you know. It's very eclectic, and I think that's brilliant. And, you know, I'd never heard of this designer until we um, came across them and their Queen Victoria wedding dress collection. So now we know. I wonder if it will influence kind of bridal trends. Now I've got the kind of modern Meghan and the Victorian Beyonce. Mm. I have a feeling that girls might like these ones more than that. You know, Meghan's been quite divisive, her dress, mm. hasn't mm. it? Yeah, definitely. Well, Paris Hilton is sure to offer... A great alternative. Oh my gosh. Cannot wait. I cannot wait. I think it'll be more Beyonce, less Megan. Just saying. And imagine Paris doing a completely plain. Demure. I wonder if it'll be short at the front and long at the back. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of Beyonce's dress? And will you be taking style cues from Paris Hilton and 2018's new generation of wags? Get in touch at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. According to the Met Office, we've got a scorcher of a summer ahead. Emily Cronin joins us in the studio. Emily, you've charted the rise and rise of resort wear in this weekend's Stella magazine. What should we be looking out for? Well, Charlie, I think the first thing about summer fashion is that it is now a thing. It's almost like a season unto itself. I don't know about you, but when I used to pack for holidays, I would, you know, get the suitcase down, like dust it off, kind of open the underbed boxes and pull out whatever rumpled cotton disaster I'd worn on the beach last year, probably still with some sand stains, try to like find a swimsuit, find half of a bikini, spend half an hour looking for the other half of the bikini, give up and watch TV and just say, well, I'll buy anything that I don't find now at Duty Free. But now it's so much more strategic. So what we've really seen is a proliferation of high-end holiday-focused brands. So fancy beach dresses for fancy ladies who spend their lives on fancy beaches, right? And that has filtered into the high street in terms of giving us brands that really specialize in clothes that you only wear when you're on holiday. 
I don't know if I like this trend, but I definitely enjoy dabbling in it with like a few too many sundresses. I think I like it when um, it's actually hot here because realistically, most of us go on holiday for, you know, a couple of weeks over the summer. So spending crazy amounts on a fabulous sundress can be a bit painful. But then if the sun does come out here, then you can have a, a great thing and not have that awful feeling of like, oh, it's 28 degrees today and I don't know what to wear. I do think I have more sundresses than there are sunny days in, in a London summer, though. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's a problem at this three, point. Three-month heat yeah. wave, Emily. I'll, I'll take it. I, mean, I, <laughs> I think the weather gods have done it specifically to help us out with this trend. I'm hoping. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not to say that you have to spend a bomb. Like, there are great options on the high street. Oisho is is kind of a Telegraph favorite. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, um, Oisho's great. It's an Inditex-owned brand, so that's the Zara parent company. And that's kind of our go-to whenever we're looking for a pair of sandals or, you know, a raffia beach bag or a swimsuit or a dress or jumpsuit that that doesn't look like a bog-standard high street option. And you know what else? There are also lots of great accessories brands, which are kind of specifically for holidays, but also you can really wear them in London as well. So it makes it such a worthy investment. It's like Mister, the shoe brand, and like... A Spanish one I'm obsessed with is called Gimaguas, which is like shell necklaces. How do you spell that? G I M Gim A G U A S Gimaguas. I'm probably saying <laughs> like it. I'm, I'm, I'm probably spelling it, saying it completely wrong because obviously it's Spanish. But um, and they're like 20 euros, you're so like you know 17 pounds, and you can wear them here and abroad as well, and it's kind of worth it. Olivia, you're wearing shell earrings. I know. <laughs> At this very moment, as we record the podcast, how and, relevant! And it's freezing today. <laughs> These are mango. These are not that lovely Spanish brand. But we can start, we can start yeah. to see that kind of literal resort dressing coming into kind of every day. Yeah, Isabel Marant has a lot of shell jewelry. Rebecca yeah. de Ravenel, who um, is the the jewelry designer and, and clothing designer behind last summer's like greatest hit, you know kind of silk-wrapped, graduated-sized ball earrings. Mm-hmm. You would know what I mean if you saw I have an orange pair. <laughs> you have an orange pair. Yeah. I have an imitation pair. Her collection for this season is is inspired by seashells of the Bahamas, where yeah. she used to holiday as a child. So, I mean, I, I did talk to um, to someone whose profession is basically, like, fabulous, dreamy travel. Um, Belle Magaudio, she's the founder of a new shop in London's Marlebone neighborhood called Koi Bird. Mm. If you haven't heard of Koi Bird, you will know everything that you need to know about Koi Bird by looking up Koi Bird's Instagram, um, <laughs> which is, I mean, it just shows you this store is hot pink and like made for Instagram. It is, it is like dopamine in a shop. And she made the point that, you know, yes, on the one hand, like everyone has this fantasy of going on holiday and like picking up the perfect little, you know, knickknack that no one else would ever have at home in a marketplace. But actually, sometimes you want to have it before you get there. And sometimes shopping ahead of your holiday actually extends the holiday feeling past the very limited, you know, five days, week, 10 days, whatever that we get. Uh, And her store is obviously chock full of options, which are perfect for the lady with an unlimited holiday budget. I do like as well. I mean, I know that, that plenty of these labels are started by the women who need the dresses kind Shall of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a good um, trend for, for searching out those kind of more sustainable labels or ones that are kind of preserving artisanship or different crafts and things as well. And I think Koiba does that really well. 
I think also there's a joy. It used to be that you'd go on holiday and you'd get there and suddenly you were like, wait, I wish I was wearing some bright embroidery or I'd packed like some giant jangly earrings. And, you know, you never thought about those things in advance. That's become so much a part of our kind of capsule summer wardrobe now. And it's so fun to wear those things. It's so fun to put on an embroidered sundress. Why shouldn't you do it on a Saturday in England, you know, if it's a if it's a hot day, it kind of just brings you that holiday good feeling. And if you've invested in it, then it's substantial enough and to wear in the city. <laughs> well, then you've got to. You've, <laughs> you've got to. And also, but it doesn't feel as wrong wearing it at home. Whereas if it's kind of this flimsy bit of thing that you've sort of you know spent a tenner on, then it doesn't feel right wearing it to work. If you can see the pound signs passing before your eyes, fear not. The summer sales have started in earnest this week. Has anyone bought anything yet? Well, I have not, but that's another great point, is that a lot of the stuff that that we're all looking at from these holiday brands is in spring-summer collections, which go on sale right before we're we're about to take off for our holidays. I always think that's bonkers. They mark down all the swimwear before we've even needed it. They're they're it's been in store since February, hasn't it? I mean, I enjoy that broken system. Let's milk it for its (laughs) worth. Please don't fix the system, retail gods. (laughs) But what do you guys look for when you're sales shopping? Oh, I'm trying not to look too much right now. I I go straight to my wish list that I've been making, compiling over the last few months and and see if um if anything has been brought this is, down. This is practical advice. But I find that if if I didn't like it enough to actually take the plunge at full price, often when it goes on sale I'm kind of like, eh. yeah, I was right to wait. <laughs> I did order last night um while I was kind of binge watching uh series that I was trying to catch up on um, I ordered that blue Ganny dress that I've been wanting for so long you have wanted that oh, I know but I'm, I'm still I'm still on the fence so I but might be sending it back again but don't you feel brilliantly smug that yeah. you've now got it at a much reduced price I, th- well, I think that's the joy of I it I feel smugger now that I know we're going to have a three month summer yeah. because you know if, if we were going to have three more hot days and I've just got my summer holiday then then maybe not but yeah. Apart from that, I'm generally quite a, um, a tactical sales shopper. Like I try to buy swimwear and lingerie and things that you don't really need to buy full price at any point. I always buy a sports bra in the sales. Really? Yeah. Just because, you know, you're always told to <laughs> stock up on them, but it's a bit painful, isn't it? It doesn't look... Yeah, your are, face doesn't communicate <laughs> that that's very fun, Beth. No, told- it's not fun, but that's the whole point of what you just said. Practical. <laughs> Apparently you're meant to replace your sports bra every six months, which I didn't know. Oh, Speaking to the woman yeah. who runs, who uh, created director's Fatty Batty the other day. I mean, maybe if you work out like every day, well, but she for the said, rest of us, she it's said at least not, five years. No, right? she said not every day. She Why? said regularly, oh, no. which means kind of three times a week, which obviously is a lot. But she said they stretch and then give a lot and then they basically are useless, which I found slightly alarming. But uh, so well done, Bethan. Basically, that's very Hooray! sensible. I, I don't know. I'm I'm such a passion shopper to like steal the title of your column, Charlie. My wardrobe is full of, as you guys well know, like silk floral dresses, mm-hmm. and and it's like the last thing I need is another one. I'm sure I'll buy one in the sales. I think if you were one of those really brilliantly organized people, you would kind of have a little rolling list somewhere of like, oh, you know, maybe I could do with another navy jumper or another cream shirt or. You know, just those things that, you know, you can kind of stock up in your wardrobe and are really useful kind of building blocks. Um, and then, you know, when the sales start, you know, I was I was looking at the Net-A-Porter sale this morning and there's this, a gorgeous Chloe pussy bow cream silk shirt, which, you know, kind of everyone should have one of those in That's a way, a you know. Yeah, that is a staple. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, 
I mean, it's just having that knowledge of not not just jumping on it because it's in the sale, but like, oh, yeah, I really could do with one of those, you know. The danger is kind of getting carried away and seeing that something's 70% off mm. and thinking, oh, yeah, that's really nice. But yeah. it is true if you didn't want it full price. But what if you did want it and you and you just couldn't afford it? Which you know. Yeah, I, you I think that's the I think that's the brilliant thing about sales. Yeah. I mean, there is always going to be a price ceiling, isn't there? But you know, if you loved something and at forty or fifty percent off, you can stretch to it. Then that's, it's still an investment. Exactly. But. That's the opportunity. That's the time. Only time you can buy it. And if that's the case, then you got to do it. If there's a pink suede jacket. Then I will buy the pink suede jacket because that's the thing I've I've wanted and and you're I you're, can, you're a magpie, aren't you, Olivia? I am a magpie. So, yeah. I'm a magpie. Please note that Olivia is wearing a pink suede jacket, <laughs> which wasn't bought in the sale, but I think is about to go in the sale, and I bought oh, it no, full price. No. <laughs> For more on the new summer labels we love and tips on shopping the sales, pick up this Sunday's Stella magazine or visit telegraph.co.uk/fashion. And please tell us what you'd like to hear more or less of and send feedback and questions to unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. We've nearly reached the end of the episode, but before we go, we've just got time to find out what everyone's excited about this week. Emily? So I'm going to see Haim and Ali Pally on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. So excited. Yes, with a friend from out of town who's coming in specifically for the gig. And I'm sure that we're going to feel like, you know, 21-year-old LA girls and just... Just have a nice, frothy, fun night. That sounds amazing. Summer is such a great time for gigs. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to enough this summer. I have to say, I feel like I've I've slightly let myself down on the on the event planning front. But this should be a fun one. I've never been to a gig at Alley Pally. Have you? No, actually, it's on my list. I really want to go there. It's so far from where I live, though. It's far. It's a schlep from mm, everywhere. Yeah. Even yeah. if you live like at the bottom of the hill, it's a schlep to get yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah. Well, mine's yeah. also an add to calendar. Uh, I'm going to see a preview of the Frida Kahlo exhibition tomorrow. I'm going um, with you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're going to report back in next week's podcast, but really excited. I think she's such an amazing artist, but so often she's kind of um, really simplified into her style and everyone just thinks of the flower crowns and brings it all back to that. So it, it will be interesting. This um, exhibition kind of centres around pieces uh, from her wardrobe and from her house that haven't been seen for you know decades and decades. So it will be more of a behind-the-scenes look into her life and who she was. I'm excited about shells, obviously, hence the earrings. Um, Mango's got lots in at the moment, and they've also got a necklace, which I'm actually dying to get, which I probably will go and get off to work today. Um, I'm also super excited about the new series of The Handmaid's Tale. I've got one to catch up on. I'm really enjoying it. Although I did try a dress on for a black tie 60th the other day and my boyfriend said that I looked like something out of The Handmaid's Tale. So I'd like to watch it, not look like the characters. I'm finding it really hard (laughs) Hard work. Like Like I keep going to watch. I have two to catch up on now and I keep going to watch the first of those two and then thinking am I am I up for this? No. Mm." It's heavy. Yeah, Olivia, I can't. You're the first person who said... I'm enjoying watching the second series. I know. Ev- well, everyone I know is like utterly traumatized by yeah. it to the I extent know. that I've been put off by it now. I'm just, so, I don't know what's wrong with me because everyone I've spoken to has said exactly the same thing, but I'm, I just, it's just, I just can't look away. I can't stop watching it. And I just think Elizabeth Moss is epic. Bethan, what about you? Um, well, I've actually already seen it, but I'm excited for everyone else to see Ocean's 8. Yes. Yes. Because. Me too. <laughs> It is 
so cool. And it didn't disappoint? Um, no. I mean, you know, it's Ocean's Eight. So, you know, don't don't go in expecting some kind of like deeply profound morality tale or something. It's no handmaid's tale. No, exactly. But um I think we're gonna discuss this at further length on the podcast at some point. But um I just love the way it represented fashion for women and it felt like a very exciting, positive portrayal of um, how women can work together and also the fashion industry as well in some ways. Definitely come back next week for more on Ocean's 8 once more of us have seen it. And uh, and I'm sure that we'll be able to get Rihanna in the studio too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. She's going to do a three-hour special. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped.